Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to another episode of the Another Screenplay Chiefs podcast. I am your host, Travis Steffen. Today, we will be discussing the Eagles vs. Chiefs game in Arrowhead on Sunday, where the Chiefs pulled out with a win 27-20. A lot of what we saw in this game was expected, but first I want to talk about the injury of Mitch Morse. He took an MRI, found out it's just a sprain, so he will be out for about three to four weeks but he, he should be good after that, and until then, uh, Zach Fulton will be stepping in his place and covering the center position. Uh, I'm not very concerned. Uh, they're, they're two very different styles of center, honestly, and I think that Fulton is a lot better center than he is a guard. So for the people that don't like Fulton from his time playing a guard for us last season and uh, whatnot, but I like him as a center. Uh, he's not going to be able to get out in space like Mitch Morse does. Mitch Morse is probably one of the best centers at being a swing uh, kind of center, you know, getting out into open space for blocking and stuff like that. But Fulton's more of a bigger and hold down the line of scrimmage kind of guy. So uh, I don't, you'll probably see more guards and tackles swinging instead of our center for the next few games. But I'm not too concerned. Uh, the only real defensive line threat in that time probably is the Houston Texans, but J.J. Watt's not going to be lining up over the center, so I'm not too concerned about that. Uh, you got the Chargers this coming week. Um, really, theirs are just their outside guys. Uh, then you have the Redskins the following week on Monday Night Football, and then we go to Houston, so... In that, in that three-week span, there's nothing that really concerns me that makes me think that he can't hold that down. Uh, so I'm not too concerned there. But um, another bit of news, if you uh, live on an island and just do not check your phone ever, you will see that C.J. Spiller got cut before the game again. And I think that this will be the last time. I don't think that they're going to bring him back in. Uh, they brought up Akeem Hunt from the practice squad who they acquired from the Houston Texans in free agency so expect um you know after we saw him in the special teams he took the last kickoff back and did, got a pretty decent return um after a really kind of poor special team showing uh this week and a little bit of last week too so um it'll be interesting to see what they do this coming week when we go to LA to face off against the Chargers uh, will DeAnthony Thomas start out, you know, returning kicks or will Akeem Hunt? So that's one thing to keep an eye on this coming week. Um, if Akeem Hunt starts getting a lot more of those kick returns, that could 
possibly mean that, you know, DeAnthony Thomas could find himself without a job soon because, you know, that was his main expertise was to be in the special teams. And now we haven't seen it in two weeks of football. So uh, keep an eye on that. You know, he's not getting the uh, receiving reps. So really, it's just a special team spot at this point. So keep an eye. Um, but don't be surprised if DeAnthony Thomas is cut later down the road for whatever position they want to bring in another spot for it, that, which may be receiver. Um, kind of makes me think if they could bring up one of the receivers from the practice squad, that'd be kind of interesting. Uh, maybe one of the guys that you guys all wanted to make the team instead of Albert Wilson. Uh, but anyway, uh, like I said, there's a lot of what we saw on Sunday was somewhat what I expected. Uh, I was at the game, so I haven't gone over the actual film review yet. Um, I'm going to do another episode on, uh, for Thursday after I've kind of gone a little more in depth and watched some film, but it was a good game. It was a good crowd. A lot of Eagles fans at the stadium. That was kind of nerve wracking. So whenever they did, uh, score, they were getting, you know, quite a bit of noise out of the Eagles fans and, uh, a little bit of smack talking here and there, but you know, there was a uh, Eagles fan that actually posted something about their experience at Arrowhead, which was really nice to see that um, they said that it was one of the best games they've ever been to, even though his team lost, that it was just a great as- atmosphere, great fans, you know, no one treated them like crap. You know, you hear a lot of rumors, like if you go to a Raiders game, you know, you got to deal with Raiders fans, which we all know how they are, so... Uh, it's, it's always good to see outside fans enjoy coming into Arrowhead and, uh, going out with a good experience. You know, I, I have never seen any like taunting or fighting or anything like that whenever I'm at a game and I'm sitting around other, uh, teams fans. So always good to hear. Um, but going back to, you know, what I expected to see, we saw the offensive line really struggle against an elite front seven. And the Eagles were really trying to force that blitz uh, a lot of times too because they had their starting cornerback in Darby out. Uh, they had one of their safeties out, and then their other safety, McLeod, went out early in the game. I think it was somewhere in the first quarter, late first quarter, and did not return. So both safeties were out, and their starting corner was out. And most of the game, they were playing a single high. And the Chiefs could not really take advantage of that, especially in the first half, because they were constantly under pressure. And the one thing that I really noticed, um, you know, I haven't, like I said, I haven't really gone into the film review. I just watched uh, most of the game uh, on the broadcast view. But the one thing I noticed, and I'm going to definitely take a look at whenever I look at the All-22 film tonight, is... I really only saw one person on the offensive line not struggling, and that was LDT, who was constantly going up against Fletcher Cox. And, you know, if if you know anything about Fletcher Cox, he's an elite defensive lineman and great pass rusher, very strong, big guy. And to see LDT handling him most of the game and – then you see a PFF stat afterwards saying that LDT is still not allowed a single pressure on Alex Smith in two games. That's phenomenal. So 
We saw LDT get a contract extension or his first real contract this offseason. And I know a lot of people were really frustrated with that, especially considering the fact that we hadn't signed Eric Berry. But looking at it now, and I said this in the offseason, is they're paying for what they think he can be. And getting him when they did signed, they saved a ton of money. And, you know, it's it's a definitely a risky move. Because uh, then if, you know, LTT comes out and has a crap year, then, of course, you look stupid and, you know, you overpaid. But LDT each year, he, he came in when, you know, he came in when he was drafted here. He looked like crap. He was garbage. And But we've seen a huge leap every year from him. And so, um, you know, now you look at it and the first two games, he hasn't allowed a single pressure and going up against a elite front seven where the rest of the offensive line severely struggled, that was definitely good to see, uh, especially going up against their best linemen. Um, I noticed a few times in the second half, the Eagles moved Fletcher Cox to the other side so that he could get some work against Witzman. So they they definitely saw kind of what I saw that, you know, uh, Fletcher Cox was not being able to get anywhere against LDT, so definitely keep an eye on that down the road. But um, once again, Mitch Morris will be out. Fulton came in for seven snaps, I think it was, and offense didn't miss a beat, so that's good. Uh, Fulton's you know played played at the guard most of last season, so it's not like you're bringing in a brand new guy that hasn't played in this system or doesn't know the system or does hasn't worked with all the guys yet. So. Considering that he played with us all last year, you still have that chemistry with the line, which is really good. In a few weeks, I can I can deal with that. Um, Alex Smith was, you know, once again under pressure most of the game. Uh, they started off the first half really coming out strong with the deep ball to Travis Kelsey for 44 yards, and you know I was sitting there and that was coming right straight towards me. I was back in that corner in the. Um, box seats I guess which I could I could go without sitting in box seats again it's, it's probably like the best view to really see everything like you're still really close but you can see enough above everything to really see what's going on but you really just have all the rich kind of snobby want to sit down the whole game and I remember at one point in the game uh you know it's me and my wife she wanted to take us through her work and I heard the lady behind me complaining about me standing up and I stood up because of a big play and I'm just sitting here thinking like you're at a Chiefs game. Why are you sit like I cannot understand the sitting at a Chiefs game. Like I am that guy that is constantly standing, constantly screaming. Like I, I if you want to sit at a Chiefs game, then go home. That's what you do at home. You you don't sit at the game. I I don't know. So but anyways, so that was coming right towards me, and of course it ended in a field goal, uh, which was kind of disappointing. But uh, the rest of the half, Alex Smith was severely under, you know, under pressure, and um, you know I I had a couple of conversations on Twitter about you know he needed to get outside the pocket, find a way to you know buy time, and what I was trying to say, I wasn't saying that Alex Smith is playing a terrible game. He was struggling which of course any quarterback would with that kind of pressure especially against that good of a line and the Eagles really did do a really good job of kind of containing him in the pocket but even when I went back into the you know watching the broadcast view 
you know, I saw a couple plays where Alex Smith probably could have escaped to the side and, you know, got out of the pocket and gotten away from pressure. But you saw a few plays where Alex Smith, you know, got happy feet or he, you know, took his eyes off of downfield and had his head down and you, you can't do anything after that. You know, if, if you put your head down like that, you, you can't, you're not going to make a play. So you're, you're, you know, you're taking the sack and you're just trying to, you know, I guess buy time till the sack. I, I mean, that's what we're used to with Alex Smith. And that's something that I talked about in the preseason with Pat Mahomes and during the off season when I wanted them to draft Pat Mahomes is that whenever he's under pressure, he's got a very good sense of where the pressure is, where it's coming from, and he can buy, he can find a way out of the pressure, buy himself time, and get out of the pocket, but he keeps his eyes downfield the whole time. And that's something that we saw a little bit of the old Alex in his eyes drop when he's under that pressure. And so uh, those were the you know plays that he took the sacks on, but you saw whenever he was under pressure and he did get the ball off, uh, he, I'm pretty sure that I saw a PFF... Um, stat line that under the fixed uh pressure you know under pressure throwing he's still 100 percent. so he whenever he is under pressure he's still completing every throw that he makes of course you know that gets rid of like your thrown away balls and stuff like that um but so that's definitely something that's you know really good to see but I told you guys that we would see a little bit of last season Chiefs offense, and that's and we did. Um, I, I knew that they were going to struggle against this front seven. I wish that they could have done a little better, of course. Um, but I think that it showed you that I know a lot of a lot of fans think that we have this you know elite offensive line. They've seen all the PFF stats and stuff like that about you know least amount of pressure on Smith or something like that from last year. And a lot of that was kind of fixed because, you know, you got to realize when the Chiefs are running more than double the screenplays than the average team and, you know, running these quick slants and stuff like that, of course it's going to be look better on paper. Um, now, that's not saying that the Chiefs don't have a good offensive line. I think they do. It's just not elite. And facing an opponent with an elite front seven, especially the defensive line, you know, they, they struggled, and most teams would. But, um, so, I mean, it, it just, we, we saw the offensive line struggle. We saw Alex Smith, you know, kind of go into some old ways. Uh, he did throw three passes deep. He had the first one, that opening drive for Kelsey for 44 yards. Uh, he had a second one, I think it was in the second quarter, uh, to Tyree Kill, which they did not connect on. Uh, I don't really think that that was a bad pass or anything like that. I'm not, and I'm not going to knock on Smith for uh, missing him or, you know, if Hill just didn't quite adjust. But, like I said, I'm happy that he took it. You know, even if, even if it isn't completed, it still keeps the defense honest. And so the next one you saw was very late in the game in the fourth quarter. And, um, so, you know, you had the three right there, uh, but all in all, pretty good day for Alex Smith, 21 for 28, 251 yards and a touchdown. 
uh, Cream Hunt had another really good showing, especially. It really all started after the Chris Jones intercept, interception. Um, I mean, you, you, you had Justin Houston coming in, and he was coming in so fast, and when Wentz tried to get rid of it, it hit off Justin's, Justin Houston's helmet, and Chris Jones not only just caught it, but he went up to grab it. And so that was a momentum shift. After that, we saw a lot better offense, and we saw the dink and dunk, which, you know, that's what I was saying. Like, you know, I know that I talk about how I want to see Alex Smith throw the ball down the field more, but when you're playing against an elite front seven like that and you are you can't get away from the pressure and you're not, you're not able to get that three to four to five seconds, you need to throw those quick slants, quick out routes, stuff like that. And they started doing that. Uh, we saw a 53-yard run by Kareem Hunt, which – uh, I gotta go. I can't wait to go back on the All 22 film for that play because, just in the broadcast view, I saw so many good blocks in that play and really opened it up. And he took off as touchdown, took the lead, and uh, just a really good play overall. Um, but Cream Hunt had 13 carries for 81 yards and two touchdowns, a 6.2 average, which of course is boosted by that 53-yard run. Uh, he also had uh, three catches for 38 yards. So still a pretty good day for Kareem Hunt. And if you look at it, uh, Spencer Ware uh, led the team in touchdowns last year for the running backs. And to show you how much the run game struggled last year, Spencer Ware had three rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns. And that was in, I think, 14 games. Um, Kareem Hunt, on the other hand, has now matched that with three rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns in just two. So uh, a lot of people wanted them to kind of go away from the run game. Some people wanted them to run the ball more against the Eagles. And I I was pretty comfortable with the amount that they did. Um, You're not obviously going to give Kareem Hunt, you know, 20, 25 carries, especially against you know, an elite front seven where you're only getting one or two yards, but it keeps the defense honest by keep, you know, trying and trying and then eventually deep into the game, something's going to open up. And it did in a 53-yard touchdown. So great to see. Uh, great game. Looking really good. But once again, and I got a, I got a tweet about this asking um, or saying that, you know, the Spencer Ware – Injury was the best thing that could have happened to Kareem Hunt, and I still do not agree with that. I still think that, I think that Kareem Hunt would have taken the starting job earlier than a lot of people thought, and I think that Spencer Ware would have been that guy to come in here and there, give him some relief, and I'd still like to see that. Um, I'd like to see somebody be able to step in and give Kareem Hunt, you know, especially in games where we're going to be running the ball a lot more. Um, you know, just keep him fresh for the playoffs. He's used to 10-game seasons, not 16. He's not used to the hitting of, you know, the NFL. He played at Toledo. So he's not used to these high hitting and great tackling and stuff like that. So his body's going to take a pounding, and I want him fresh for the playoffs. And I still think that a a, a hunt and wear combo would have been a really good one-two punch. Uh, so, yeah, I'm definitely not, you know, happy about the – injury I guess you would say um 
when I asked you guys about what your takes and takeaways are, one of them was we need Parker Anger back. Um, I still expect a couple weeks for him to come back, and uh, we will see if he's able to take that spot back from Witzman or if he still struggles with some injury stuff. I haven't heard a whole lot on him, so uh, I'll keep an eye on that for you guys. But um, going back to Kareem Hunt really quick, uh, there was a post by PFF that uh, 62 of 81, his 81 rushing yards on Sunday were after contact. He, this is what I'm talking about. And I'm going to post a gif up on this later because uh, there was a play where he took a screen pass out to the right. And I think I counted like four or five missed tackles, forced missed, not just, you know, you know, someone missing a tackle or whatever. It's someone that it's something that he forced upon. So great job by him. Great game. And I, I, I honestly cannot believe how well he has stepped up in this this offense, you know, just in the time that he's gotten an opportunity, really. Um, switching to the defensive side, uh, I think we really saw what we're missing in Eric Berry on uh, Sunday and, and Steven Nelson uh, in that matter. Um, but especially Eric Berry, um, Zach Ertz was still able to get open. Uh, you know, I saw Eric Murray play on him a little bit, and Eric Murray struggled in the you know first couple uh, snaps or the first quarter. But Eric Murray still had a decent game, and um, I expect him to keep evolving and developing over the season. But not having Eric Berry to shut him down, you know, another team with a very good tight end that they like to utilize, uh, it's definitely. It's definitely hard to watch. Uh, I could go without seeing more Daniel Sorensen one-on-one in man coverage. Um, I just don't think I, – I, in my opinion, I do not think that Sorensen's uh, abilities should be at man-on-man coverage at the line. Uh, when they play a little more zone and he can kind of more ball hawk or play deep, that's fine. Or the hybrid linebacker, that's fine. Really good. Uh, had some really good blitzes. I think he had three quarterback hits on the day, uh, including that one where he pretty much supermaned over Sproles to get to Wentz. Um, but Eric Murray, I think, will start to get more and more of the uh, playing man-to-man at the line. He was a slot corner in college, so he's got that experience. And I think he did a better job than Sorensen, I guess. Uh, I think Parker's a very good cover guy too, but I still would like to see, be able to see him, uh, playing deep. You know, if we got to play a single high or even if we're playing twos, I'd still like to see him up top. I think he's our best guy for that position, but I won't be mad if I see him down below. I think, I think Ron Parker, like I said, is one of the most underrated safeties in the league. I think he can play a little bit of everything, anything you ask of him. So very good. But Mitchell and Gaines really struggled, um, especially that, oh, my God, that play that Zach Ertz caught off of Terrence Mitchell that could have been a pick, but hit off his hands, popped up, and Ertz caught it. And if Eric Murray had not, you know, if he would have given up on the play prior 
that would have been a touchdown. But Eric Murray came up big, stopped him at the 11-yard line, and, of course, Andy Reid iced the kicker, and they got zero points off of it right before half. But Mitchell Mitchell struggled, and um, he started – he was kind of like last week. He came back a little bit and made some uh, big plays at the very end of the game, but really struggled. The defense really just did not have a uh, – they really, they really didn't have an answer for the Eagles' passing game, especially when it came to Jeffrey. And even Torrey Smith. Like, honestly, Torrey Smith would have had a lot bigger game if he could have caught the balls in the first half. Uh, I think there was three that he couldn't get his hands on or he just dropped it. Like, they hit him in the hands and he dropped them. But, uh, you know, like I said, Ertz had a good game. Overall, Wentz had over 300 yards passing. That's not something you want to see, especially – uh, again, it, it, you know, a defense that you you know expect to be one of the best, and an offense that's, I think, average. Uh, we saw Houston playing a lot of, uh, you know, kind of containment on wins so that he couldn't scramble away, stuff like that. But overall, the defensive uh, line, especially in the second half, stepped up big. Uh, you know, Chris Jones with his interception. He also had three sacks and four tackles. Um, we He actually had the least amount of playing time on the defensive line other than Roy Miller. Uh, Chris Jones only played for 44% of the snaps on the defense, so uh, I think they're still trying to kind of slowly bring him in, and they just like to rotate guys out and keep fresh guys in there. Um, Alan Bailey played the most snaps with 83%. Logan had 51%. R&R had 36%, but overall pretty good showing. Six sacks in, you know, against Wentz. Uh, like I said, three of those came from uh, Jones. Uh, Houston had one. Ford had one. Ford's was pretty impressive, too. He, you know, grabbed a hold of Wentz with one hand and a lineman in between them got off the lineman and finally, you know, yanked him down. So that was a pretty impressive sack. And then I think the other one was Benny Logan. Um, but overall, pretty good. Uh, in the second half, you notice, um, if you go back and watch, the defense, that's when Bob Sutton likes to really do his uh, change-ups and schemes and stuff like that. And they noticed that the left guard was really struggling against our defense. And so I saw a few plays where they lined up Benny Logan outside of D Ford. And which allowed D Ford to take on that left guard who really struggled against players that were really athletic and a lot quicker instead of just, you know, a big powerhouse kind of guy. Uh, and I think that was the what helped D Ford get his sack and uh, it helped a lot of guys get into the backfield. So they took advantage of that, which was really good to see. Um, but I think that... Like I said, the Chris Jones interception was a momentum shift. We had that run play by uh, Kareem Hunt. Uh, we got another deep pass to Chris Conley. I, I, I can be done now. I'm happy. I have finally gotten a deep pass to Chris Conley. And he didn't have like a two or three yard gap between him and the corner. It was actually a tight contested window. And perfectly placed. Chris Conley didn't have to really slow down or anything. But down the sideline, I think it was like a 35-yard deep pass to Conley. But uh, 
Oh man, that was so good to see. I'm 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 just a big Chris Conley fan. I think that uh, we you know if he's he gets more opportunities like that, I think that a lot of people will start kind of giving him the credit I think that he deserves, and he will start becoming a lot bigger of a role. You know, you got already three weapons in Kelsey, uh, Hill, and Hunt. Imagine if Chris Conley can be a big weapon too if Alex Smith keeps going to him. So, you know, you could have four big weapons right there. And, man, it's already hard for defenses to stop three. But if you if you make Chris Conley a big weapon too, man. I'm just saying, I, I'm happy now. You know, we, he ended the day with uh, four for 55. Uh, you know, I think 35 of that came on that, that play. But very good showing for him. Uh, the Eagles defense slowed down Tyree Kill. He only had four for 43. Uh, Would have been a lot higher if uh, Smith and him were able to connect in the end zone in the first quarter. But like I said, I'm not mad about that. I'm just glad I took the shot. Uh, Travis Kelsey had eight for 103 and a touchdown. But another stupid penalty by Travis Kelsey. Taunting after a touchdown, not even his touchdown, Kareem Hunt's touchdown, and I I couldn't even hear what the ref was saying uh, for the penalty because it was so loud. Everyone was so hyped up about Kareem Hunt's touchdown, and come to find out that he went over to the Eagles side and started taunting and talking smack. And you know, I I saw uh, on the broadcast view Andy Reid yelling at him and stuff like that. But it's like you know, you sit here and you say you're working on this stuff. You say that you're you know a mature leader. No, you're not. I'm sorry. I love Kelsey, but you're not mature. And you still can't get your crap together. You're still getting stupid penalties each week. And, you know, I'm, I'm sick of it. You know, I, I wasn't as mad about last week's, uh, you know, but you, st- you still got to kind of watch that kind of stuff. Uh, but defenses are really going to be trying to push his buttons, you know. You, you have that, that two and you're out now. So you know, two of those and he's gone out of the game. So the Chiefs really need to find a way to get him under control and stop making these stupid penalties, especially when it wasn't even your touchdown. I get that you're hyped. I get that you're going against your brother on the other team, but stop it. Just stop it. But speaking of uh, back when Daniel Sorensen had his little Superman moment, Kelsey had one of his own little shovel pass up the middle and dove, dove for pretty, you know, kind of jumped up over two defenders, pretty much going five yards in the air into the end zone. And that's something I'm really enjoying watching this year. Uh, we saw, we saw, uh, we saw Kelsey kind of lining up in the backfield. We saw him line up at quarterback once last week. And then this play, you know, he was, you know, a yard behind the line, but at the very edge where he'd normally line up and kind of came across the middle and shoved a pass and went between the guard and the center. Uh, I really like what they're doing with Kelsey and kind of, you know, making that a threat as well. Um, I want to see some more of that. I really, I really have enjoyed that. They even had one with Albert Wilson where he came, you know, from the left side and, you know, shovel pass up and, uh, I think he went between the guard and center as well. And, you know, I'm really liking this this shovel pass stuff. It really, you know, it really brings out the triple option and gets defenses on their on their toes. And, um, 
really good to see but that's all i got for you guys today uh i will like i said have another episode out on probably thursday after i've had a little more time to kind of you know deep dive into the film and stuff have a little more time to look at all that stuff so definitely keep an eye out uh on thursday and once again always go over to itunes or wherever you're listening to this and please give a five-star review if you like the show uh helps me get you know publicity and get more listeners and stuff like that and you know hopefully some uh advertising down the road to help me make the show um but hit the review find me on twitter at stefan nfl and also keep an eye out on arrowhead addict for uh my articles since they're over there now instead of the another screenplay.com so uh Once again, I'll see you guys Thursday and have a good day. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.